welcome to another edition of the Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast. I'm your host, Jer McCarthy, and you can follow me on my social media, Instagram and Twitter accounts at JerMcCarthy74. This week, I interview Cork senior Camogie captain Linda Collins and manager Paddy Murray ahead of this weekend's All-Ireland semi-final meeting with Kilkenny. We'll also hear from Cork minor Camogie captain Olivia McAllen, plus manager Jerry Wallace as the Rebel Miners take on Dublin in the last four of this year's All-Ireland Championship. Cork LGFA under-16 manager Dennis Mulvihill joins the Women in Sport podcast to talk about Cork's monster campaign and the future of ladies football at the under-16 grade. And finally, I have an extended interview with Cork senior manager Evie Fitzgerald looking back on his team's 2021 National League and All-Ireland Championship campaigns, the disappointment of losing to Meath, plus a lot more. That's all to come on this week's Women in Sport podcast. Senior Camogie team line out against reigning champions Kilkenny in this weekend's All-Ireland Senior Semi-Final at Croke Park. The Big Red Bench caught up with Cork manager Paddy Murray to get his thoughts ahead of the big showdown. But first, I spoke to Captain Linda Collins to find out how the county's inter-county panel have been preparing for this weekend's semi-final. Cork Senior Camogie Captain Linda Collins and her teammates are preparing for this weekend's showdown with All-Ireland champions Kilkenny in Croke Park in the All-Ireland Semi-Finals. Linda, firstly, uh, congratulations on getting this far. It's been a bit of a way since you last played the end of July when you would have faced Waterford so what have you and your teammates been up to since then? Yeah it has like as you were saying there it's the 31st of July since we had our last game so it'll be four weeks since we have played so it is it is a bit of a wait and you know obviously Kenny are coming fresh off a win last week you know so they could be building momentum then as well so uh, we yeah we've just been training playing a few internal games and things like that but you know, you want to be playing matches, you want to be involved in championship, you know, it is a bit of a wait all right, but just looking forward to this weekend now and getting back into competitive games. Like, you're, I, I don't doubt for a second that the intensity of your training sessions has gone up a couple of notches in the last couple of weeks, Linda, but is there any concern with the fact that, you know, Kilkenny have had a benefit now um, of coming to Parky Cueve and putting away Wexford and, you know, and getting 60-70 minutes under their belts? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you know, like you can you can only chase so much, but you know, it's the challenge. Then when you come up to a match and that that's when you know where you're at. So I suppose we haven't been able to see where we're at. You know, we might be doing well at training or whatever, but then you might come up against another team and you don't know where you're at. So I suppose look, we'll have to see now on Sunday. Hopefully what we've done in training will have been enough and you know, we're all just pushing each other and everything at training. So hopefully now it will um come through on Sunday. You know the challenge that faces you. You've seen this team in action. You've come face to face with them often enough. Kilkenny, um, it is it is a, as difficult a semi final as you could have asked for. Um, how uh, how confident are you in the players in the lead up to that game? I mean, obviously it's unusual for you, but you're going in as underdogs, and maybe that's not such a bad thing. Yeah, I suppose we are very familiar with Kilkenny, and you know, at, at in an All Ireland semi final, anyway, you know, I mean, it's never going to be easy at this stage, and we know that we've been here before. Um, we yeah, we're just hoping to get over the line. Like I mean, Kilkenny are strong and they're fast, and they seem to be moving the ball very well there last Saturday um, against Wexford. So like, we've no doubt about it that they will be good. But I mean, we can only do our best at the end of the day and hope that we can pull through. I suppose what will be important is that everybody works really hard when they're on the pitch, and then if we need to bring on fresh legs, then let let that be it. But I mean, it, once everybody puts in a good shift, you can't ask for any more. 
great to see the two semi-finals, not just your own, being played as a double header uh, in Crow Park as well. And I mean, it's there's never a bad time to play in Crow Park, and I'd imagine that brings a bit of added excitement and a bit of you know focuses the minds even even more so. Definitely, and you know, Crow Park is where you want to be at the end of the day. You know, that's the goal to play in Crow Park. So definitely looking forward to that, and you know, it's it's exciting more more so than anything else. Um, just hopefully now we can we can deliver on the pitch because that's even better again than being there. <laughs> it's very much very true. Um, how important is it for Camogie as well? I mean, we had a double header in Parky Cueve last week. It was live on television, um, all female uh, cast as well, which is great to see. And, and punditry and analysis as good as anything you'd see on all our final day. The fact that Camogie now is becoming alongside ladies football. Let's be honest, a bit more mainstream, and it was it's getting top billing now. On the 29th of August, um, both games live, both games from GAHQ, an important step again for Camogie? Definitely. And, you know, it, it's a bit in one sense that we even we even talk about this because, you know, in one sense it should, have, it should be the way that it always has been. But it is great. I mean, they're making great strides forward. And even watching the games last Saturday, it was great that they were on RD and we were able to watch them. And, you know, having yeah having all like Elaine Aylward, Nana Geary and them, uh, commentating on it as well you know it, it is brilliant and you know it's it's where it should be really I suppose and it's just great for the younger girls as well looking on you know even the girls in my club and different clubs around being able to see um, female role models as well on television is so so important and we saw that for the Olympics as well you know um, Simone Biles or even Phil Healy you know I mean watching these girls on television you know it was great and it is great you know it does uh, inspire the younger generation as well to um, try and get to where they want to go very well said um, and just finally Linda I mean as a captain do you have a specific routine on match days or does it change when it comes to Crow Park and like are there some players that you feel sometimes you need to go and have a quiet word with or G up or are some people you stay away from just before the throw in yeah no I feel I kind of keep to myself really on um uh, in the dressing room, I suppose, on the way up, you know, you'd be all having a chat and you'd be, you know, everything is quite normal. But, yeah, I suppose I don't really have it so much as a routine, I suppose. You know, you try and heat the right times and things like that. But there's nobody I stay away from or anything because uh, I think we're all, uh, we spend enough time with each other now anyway that, you know, we're all used to each other's company and things like that. And I'm sure if somebody wants me to stay away from them, they tell me. So, uh, <laughs> no, I think, yeah, it's only drive on. Indeed, I only meant that tongue-in-cheek. Um, on behalf of everybody here at Big Red Bench, we wish you all the success and all the luck on uh, on Sunday against Kilkenny and hopefully we're talking to you again next week and getting ready for an All-Ireland final. Thank you so much, dear. Fingers crossed. Okay, Paddy Murray, um, an All-Ireland semi-final beckons for this Cork team and is it fair to say that because it's been so long since you played the end of July that you a lot of the spotlight has not been on Cork coming into this game and that might not be a bad thing? Yeah, I suppose, look, um, probably isn't in one way. I suppose everyone's talk uh, during the year is that it will be a Kilkenny-Galway uh, final. And, uh, you know, so I suppose we're we're going into the semi-final as probably outsiders. Um, how impressed were you with both Kilkenny and Galway yesterday in the All-Ireland semi-finals? Yeah, look, I was, I was down at the game. I, I probably came way more impressed uh, after the game than what I was beforehand. Uh, you know, I'm speaking to probably a lot of the Kilkenny people uh, coming out afterwards. They feel that, that this is the best team they've had in a number of years. So um, we will have it all to do. Indeed, you will. But you've you've said uh, in previous interviews that, that we've had that there's four or five teams up at the top over the last couple of years, and 
they remain there. Galway, Cork, Kilkenny, Tipperary, likes Waterford as well. That you know, there's not an awful lot between the teams when it gets to the business end of the championship, and that was proven, I think, as well in the national league where you only lost after extra time to Galway, and and then they push Kilkenny all the way. So, is there that much of a gap between the top four or five teams? Yeah, look, I suppose uh, fair question. Um, supposed to be at the league. You'd have to say there isn't. Uh, the only thing is that probably Kilkenny are probably that bit stronger now with with the the, the, the you know Katie Paul coming back into the side in a few more. So uh, they certain to be uh, look to be far uh, more settled than where they were this time last year. I think their support play has improved greatly compared with last year. Uh, last year they were very very direct. I think this year they can certainly uh, go long or short. Um, you know, so we're going to have to play probably better than what we've we've done in the last couple of years to to have a chance. You knew there'd be a gap with the way the All Ireland Championship panned out. You did very well to beat Waterford, Dublin, and Down in your group, but knowing the gap was going to be there and dealing with it, how I won't say how difficult it's been, but just how frustrating is it from your point of view, Paddy? Because I would imagine you would have liked a quarter final or even a tough opponent, you know, leading into to such a big game. Well, I suppose the only thing we can do is, is make it competitive. Uh, uh, in, in training and I, I, you know I suppose look, next week we'll tell uh, whether we manage that or not one would feel that we have done that um, you know we've had a few injuries uh, after the Waterford game so I suppose in one way we didn't want to have a quarter final um, look I suppose you can look at it another way then as well that extra game helps um, as well you know so um, I suppose look again let's see what way the semi-final goes just to see whether we've got it right or not um, Crow Park being the double header um, is, is important and a good step for, for Camogie and promotion of Camogie does it matter in the grander scheme of things where this is on? No not really uh, we have no problem going to Crow Park our, our record in Crow Park has been exceptionally good over the last number of years so we don't have any difficulty with it just means that we're probably on the road earlier in the morning than, than uh, you know uh, if it was in Torles or in the park Um I've always said that that uh, I prefer to be away from home in these big games because it just means that uh, you'll probably tune in that bit earlier rather than uh, playing at home. Obviously, from a management point of view, with your with your own management team, you're not going to tell me how you're going to set up and what way you're going to approach it. But can I ask, because you've seen so you've seen a good bit of Kilkenny over the last couple of years and, and would have faced them as well. I mean, is there something? Is there is there a different approach? I guess is is what I can ask from Cork's point of view heading to the semi final, or is it focusing on yourselves and focusing on your strengths the same that you'd always do going into a semi final? Well, I don't think the message is going to change. I don't think you can change it at, at, at such a late uh, stage uh, in championship anyway. And uh, you know, it's just looking after ourselves, our own our own principles, and uh, you know, uh, just give it everything. Um, I know you're not going to tell me but in terms of injuries is there a clean bill of health for the entire panel coming into it or have you any concerns? Well we've one or two concerns I just hope that probably by Tuesday night they will be after uh, clearing up um, probably no different to to uh, Kilkenny um, you know so I fingers crossed that we have a you know when we sit down on Thursday evening uh, or maybe Friday evening to pick a team that we have a full uh, we have a full squad to pick from And just finally Paddy um, as somebody who is you know, who loves Camogie has been so involved with it and been at the business end of the top, you know, the top tier of, of Camogie over the last number of years and for a long time now. Your assessment of the quality of this year's championship and what you've seen so far in terms of not just Cork, but the entire quality of the senior championship, is it getting better? Is it getting more physical? Or is it as it always was? I think the play has improved. Um, I, I still think that there's a massive gap. 
the physicality has improved, the fitness levels have improved uh, greatly over the last probably two years since they look, since they changed the the the, the rules. Uh, um, I certainly think that the game has changed. I think you look at the scores. Uh, certainly, the the the, the uh, scoring is far higher than where it was a number of years ago. I suppose if you want to be critical, I think the one area that we are massively behind at the moment is the consistency of refereeing. Um, you know, um, looking at the game last night, you Kilkenny uh, scored their second goal, eleven steps. Um, you know, so so uh, I suppose that is an area that hasn't improved in any way over the last number of years, and I think that's probably the greatest worry to all game. Okay, Paddy. Well, on behalf of everybody uh, on Cork Shred FM and the Big Red Bench, we with we wish you, your management team, and your players all the best in that upcoming semi final with Kilkenny. Thanks, manager. Jerry Wallace's Cork Minor Camogie panel take on Dublin in this weekend's All Ireland Minor A semi final. The Big Red Bench spoke to the Cork manager about that game, as well as Cork Minor captain Olivia McAllen on her squad's preparations and the prospect of facing Dublin for a place in the decider. Okay, we're joined by the Cork Camogie Minor captain Olivia McAllen ahead of her team's All Ireland semi final appearance against Dublin this weekend. Olivia, welcome to the Big Red Bench. Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm really good. Um, and yourself, it's uh, it's going to be a very important weekend for you and for your teammates as you take on Dublin in the All Ireland Minor Semi Final. Um, how have preparations been going for you? Preparations are very good. There is an unreal atmosphere at training, and you know, we're really looking forward to the match, and we're really pushing it on now in training, and we're really just looking forward to it. Yes, because you've had quite a, a gap uh, since your last kind of group qualification game and you got straight through to the semi-finals. So what have you been doing? Has there been practice matches? Have you had challenge games? Or have you just been upping the intensity in your training sessions? A bit of everything. You know, after every match we play, we there's always things to work on. So we've been doing that at training and we've been doing internal matches within ourselves and we've been playing challenge matches, which have really stood to us and have really helped us in our preparations. That's good to hear. Now, you have experienced something like this before at under-16 level, so you have an idea of what's coming. Yeah, I think, do you know what helps you with the nerves? You're kind of settled down a bit, but there's a great group of girls around us, so um, we're very, we're kind of ready for this match. And, you know, I think even if we, the girls who haven't experienced All-Ireland semi-finals before, you know, there's a team around us and the management, they're very good with kind of calming us down for our matches and, you know, we're not really thinking too much about an All-Ireland semi-final. It's just we're going out, we're playing a match and we're focusing on ourselves and we'll do our best and that's what we can do. Yeah, you mentioned the management there. Jerry Wallace and his team have been very good to you this year. Yeah, you know, the lads, they've put in savage effort and huge dedication to the team and it's just as important to them as it is to any of us. So we're really going out there and we're going to do them proud as well. Yeah, and the thing is, even though you haven't played a competitive match in such a while, Olivia, um, the preparation and the focus, it probably helps that it's an All-Ireland semi-final, but the right thing to do is just treat it as another match. Exactly, yeah. John, we don't want to psych ourselves out too much. You know, we know we're coming up against a very strong Dublin side. We full respect for them, but we are focusing on ourselves and we're just going to go out there and we're going to play like we normally play. We'll do the simple things right and we won't try to do anything different. That's good to hear. And how happy and relieved are you as a captain of an inter-county team that you have an All-Ireland semi-final to play? Because if you look at your equivalents in the Cork ladies football, the under-16s, the 14s and the minors, there's no All-Ireland championship for them this year. Yeah, you know, we're very thankful. You know, I know a few girls on the football and I know it's gut-wrenching for them and even the girls on the 
on the camogie with us who are playing football, mm. you know, at least they have this, but we're very thankful to be there and we're we're not going to take it for granted. We're going to go out, we're going to enjoy the match and we're going to make sure, you know, we do everything we can. We won't come away with any regrets. Yeah, and like, as you said, playing Dublin, Dublin are, are no newcomers to this scene in Camogie. They've, they've got a very strong panel pretty much at every age grade now and they're getting better with each year. You'll need to be at your best, Olivia, if you're going to get over this team. Yeah, definitely. We, we know what we're coming up with. You know, we, we're expecting a very tough match and we have full respect for them and we know they've been working so hard as as much as we have. But, you know, at the end of the day, we'll, we'll do what we can do and we will focus on ourselves and, you know, we're expecting a great match. Um, we spoke on the Big Red Bench not a, not too long ago about the fact that your squad, the Camogie squad, has such a good spirit and you seem to be a good bunch that have, have gelled together and that's not an easy thing to do considering COVID and all the gaps and not being able to train for so long. But that kind of team spirit will be very important this weekend. Definitely. We're only saying that now with training last night. We were saying, you know, we know the way each other play at this stage. We are, you know, we get on so well and, you know, when you go back playing with your clubs, you kind of realise, you know, the way your Cork girls play, you know, you'd be missing them around you as well. So, you know, we do, we all get on very well and we are used to each other at this stage. And I think the way we all are such great friends, it really helps when we're on the pitch as well because we're able to communicate better. Well, listen, everybody here in the Big Red Bench wishes wishes you and the uh, minor team all the best in this semi-final. All, hopefully we'll get that victory and hopefully we'll get another chance to talk to you, Olivia, maybe looking ahead to an all-earned final. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, thanks so much. Now, Cork Minor Camogie Manager Jerry Wallace joins us here on the Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast. Uh, Jerry, you're gearing up for a semi final with a Dublin team um, that came through a tough test against Waterford in their quarter finals. While it's nearly now a month since you last played, any concerns about the fact that you, Dublin have had that extra game and that you've been, not that you've been idle, but you, you missed out on a potential quarter final? Very much aware of it, Jer. Uh, um, look, they, they had a good. A win last weekend against uh, Dublin, uh, Dublin, you know, overcoming Waterford uh, 16 points to 13. But I suppose I was looking at one of the earlier group games that they played in. They played Galway in the first game and they were beaten by Galway 17 points to 18 on a scoreline of 114 to 3-9. So I'm very much conscious of that. And like that, Last Saturday, I had a good friend of mine go watch the match. So he came back with his report, and we've done our bit of homework on Dublin. So we have now the question you asked me in relation to the time span from our game and say their game. I was very much conscious of that, and that there was going to be possibly a four week, five week span. So what I did was I released the players back and I asked the county board could they fit in uh, rounds of minor championships here in Cork, and we released all our players so that our players would have competitive and meaningful games. Mm. And they all ended last uh, Sunday night. So now we have clear passage to the All-Ireland semi-final on Saturday. We also picked up a, a, a fabulous challenge game against uh, Sarsfields in Cork here a week ago on a Friday evening. So, look, we're we're looking after our own bit of work behind the scenes. We're going about it nice and quietly. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to playing Dublin on Saturday afternoon. And just ahead of that game, Jerry, what's the uh, bill of health? Any injury concerns heading into that game? Going into the game, we had just one hand injury, um, and that was with Emer O'Brien, the girl from Inishkeen. Other than that, we've, from what I know now from the weekend and so forth, everyone is ready. All thirty are available, and we've been training away. As I said, they're nice and nice and calmly. We do work three nights a week, and players are in great spirits. So they are, and they've all come through the release to the clubs. 
for the championship matches. So look, we're back tonight together collectively. I think all players up there, bar one of the girls, she has to travel to England as a funeral there, so she'll be back on Thursday night. Um, so yeah, we're all very good. Management is all very good, and everyone is working diligently for Carcamogi. Looking forward to the game, as I said, on, on Saturday afternoon. And lucky to have the game, Jerry. considering the ladies' football, the minors, the under-16s, under-14s will all finish their season at the Munster Championship stage. So, I mean, from your point of view, um, I know you came you came through against two other Munster teams in Clare and Limerick to get to the semi-finals, but how important is it for the development of your players in this particular squad that you get at least a semi-final and hopefully a final as well? Uh, it is massive in the in the lifespan of these young people that they are playing in the in, in an all Ireland series. And now that we've moved away from the Munster teams, we're beginning to meet up with the Leinster team. So we're playing Dublin, and with, if we can get over Dublin, there's the carrot of playing either Kilkenny or Galway, depending on who'd come out there. So like you know, that's where you want to be. That's where young players want to be. They want to be at the cutting edge of the the championship. It's disappointing for the Cork ladies football that they won't have an All Ireland football. The minors won't have a, a football championship to contest that All Ireland series. I mean, I can only compliment Joe Carroll and his cooperation with me all year long. We've had a great working relation because we've got five girls crossing over, and there's been great, great working relationship as there was before with his predecessors. But it's it's very, very important. Um, I looked up last year we played Dublin above in Bray on a horrible day in February we went up and we honoured the competition the competition that started and then was cancelled and Dublin got the better of us on that day I think there's five of the players that were on that team that day up in Bray representing Dublin will be playing against us on on um, Saturday and uh, I know for one that the players that were with me last year and myself we haven't forgotten that day and neither have the lads in the management team so Roll on Saturday. <laughs> Indeed. And can I ask you, just from your management point of view, well, motivation was never going to be an issue with you and your team anyway, but um, what you put up two good scores in getting here, yeah. uh, Jerry. I mean, you put 221 up on Clare and you put 319 up on, on Limery. What have you learned about this set of players that you didn't know when you finally decided on the panel and got them together? I suppose I've always been, I come from the adage where you build your team on your defence. So I suppose I've always worked off of building my team off my defence and that my goalie and my six backs or my subs that would be falling into those positions, that they would all be compatible and they would be able to play in a very locked tight system. So we're a very mean team in regards to that and hopefully that will continue touch wood. That will be. We moved the ball nicely then to our forwards like in our midfield. We moved the ball uh comfortably I suppose even under pressure to the players that we can hopefully find in better positions and it's more about the team more than the individual so it, the management continuously reinforces that to the players that it's it's a player in a better position give them the ball if they're the scoring chances on take it and I'm a traditionalist I love to see points being scored so I love to see a lot of scores coming from the points I think if you look after the points early on in a game then hopefully the goals will come at a later stage and um, look everything we've asked these girls to do they've done it and you know we're very proud of them today like their parents can be very proud of them and their families can be very proud of them and us as Cork the Cork management team guarding them we are very very proud of them and our county border and I suppose Gerald, look, there's about five or six of these girls and I'm not going to name them but you know they're going to be there for a long time yet with Cork Camogie they're going to move up into the senior ranks and like you know, I'm very proud this weekend because we're contesting on Saturday, but I'm hoping to go to Dublin on Sunday then to follow up to see all the girls that have transitioned over the last three years from minor into the into Paddy Murray senior team. So look, it's a, it's a great time for young people here in Cork and in particular young Camogie players. Well, 
But all we can say from the big red bench and especially from the women in sport podcast areas wish you and your players all the best this weekend against Dublin hopefully we'll be talking to you again next week building up to an All-Ireland final well hopefully Joe we're hoping to get together on Sunday so we're hoping that we can get over the line and we're delighted with the coverage and we we want to thank you very much for your support to the promotion of Camogie here in Cork uh, through, through the, the Big Red Bench and from yourself as well, Joe. Thank you very much indeed. The Big Red Bench interviewed Cork LGFA Under-16 manager Dennis Mulvihill following news that this year's Munster final with Kerry would not be going ahead due to HSE advice about possible close contacts in the Kerry camp. Thankfully, not long after this interview was conducted, news broke that the 2021 Munster Under-16 decider will now go ahead on September the 4th in Mallow. I spoke to Dennis about the Munster final and other topics, including the current state of the under-16 inter-county football grade. It has been a difficult season, to put it mildly, for the Cork under-16 LGFA squad um, because of COVID and because of the decision by the LGFA not to run All-Ireland Championships and just to focus in on a Munster Championship only. But despite all of those but let's not call them barriers, but let's, despite all those, uh, let's, let's call them barriers, Cork under Dennis Mulvale have been training diligently as best as they possibly can. They have reached uh, the Munster final playing some excellent football only to find out the day before, unfortunately, that the game which was scheduled for last Sunday could not go ahead. Dennis uh, Mulvale joins me on the line now. Yes, Chair, um, disappointment is, is is the real world, I suppose. Um, unfortunately, we had a similar situation last year um, and 15 of the girls with us this year had a game pulled from three days beforehand which never happened afterwards uh, there was a lot of sad faces yesterday when we explained to them what had happened um, and they were only just hoping and as we are as a management team and the full team that we want this game to go ahead so hopefully it will go ahead sometime in the near future um, look it's a one game I mean there is time and scope um, listening to the county board they're going to back us what we want to do we want to go ahead with the game they'll do whatever they can there might have to be a slight rearrangement of some fixtures uh, as a result um, because uh, as you know um, leagues are coming to final stages and semi-final stages things that are underage at the moment So, but they're willing to back us and help us with that um, you're probably looking at a window in around the next two weeks to get it done mm. um, so look, hopefully that can happen um, there are slight obstacles in the way of it but hopefully they can be removed and this is the thing, Dennis. Like we're not, we are talking about a one-off monster final, but we're not talking about it has added significance this year because of the fact that there's no All Ireland for Cork or Kerry. Agree. This is the as of now, and it doesn't look like there's going to be any change. Um, this is probably be the last game for this set of players on both sides. Um, so look, it is important for them to finish it out. Um, you've been dealing with this particular group for not just this year, but I say you've come across a lot of them uh, underage prior to that and the under-14 age grade, even the under-12, you'd have seen them and you would know them. And as you mentioned there, like last year's Munster final was also taken away from close to 15, I think you said, of the panel. From, yeah. a, from a psychological point of view, and we're not getting too deep here, but from a psychological point of view for an inter-county player, even at that age, to miss out on one is, is, is upsetting. But two... You know, you've got to you've got to mind these players now and remind them that you know, as all these obstacles, even though they've been, it's been very difficult for them to keep the eye on the prize and to keep playing for Cork and keep trialing because there's minor and there's senior careers uh, coming down the line here as well. I would imagine. Look, absolutely. Um, it's 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 not so much as hard work, but they put in a lot of work. You know I mean, they enjoy it while they're doing it, but you'd like to get something at the end of all the work you put in. Do you know what I mean? And they're enjoying it. They know they're playing well as a team. And they want to pit themselves against the best of what is left there to see how good they are. It's also a benefit for them if they're going up into minor. If you haven't played 
some of the girls from last year now that they've moved on towards the mind band. If they haven't played finals, you need finals to kind of grow a bit of character into a team as well. Do you know what I mean? The pressure of final days and monster finals are what kind of help you later in your career as you're going through minor and into maybe senior panels and stuff like that, you know. That's where you kind of get your your experience from and that's where you grow as a kind of mentally as a player as well, you know. So it is, it's disappointing for them, I must admit. Yeah, and that's the thing, as you said, that's a very good point about missing out on just even the build-up and the nerves and, and, and you know, getting to a final and executing game plans. That's something that this is like a, a, a large group of players. No, it's the same for every other county, let's be honest. But going into going into minor, they won't have that. But how... How talented are is this group, Dennis, compared to what you've seen before? Because I know from seeing them, there are some seriously talented footballers on it. Um, the ones that I would have come across in West Cork and both in other matches at county level as well at under sixteen. How talented is this team? Um, and how many? I mean, how hopeful are you that whoever from that group are capable of of making the step up to minor? Look, I, I would have thought over the last. I'd say I'm involved for probably five years now, manager for the last two. Um, so. It's probably the strongest panel I've seen coming through. Um, Korkovov is a very good 15, 16, 17, 18 kind of players. This year, there's an extremely strong group of players there. Like any of our 30 players, in my view, would, would walk onto an inter-county team from the last two years, you know, that kind of way. So it is really a very strong panel. That's the disappointment of the All-Ireland. I would have been thinking at the start, even with last year's panel as well, I thought the same. I thought they would have had a good crack off in All-Ireland, both of these squads last year's and this year's. Um, so like they're playing for the short time we've had together what they've taken on and what they've grasped and the way they're playing the way we want them to play it's extremely encouraging they're an intelligent bunch of girls they're a super girl even yesterday now we were doing a bit of video analysis they're a brilliant bunch for interacting with trying to find out stuff even during that and that's 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 huge do you know what I mean to have people not afraid to ask questions and to look and to understand what they're asked to do and then to put them to play on the pitch they're very good at doing this Um and it's a sign that they're enjoying it as well, which you know sometimes leads to better football at times in itself. Yeah. And just finally, Dennis, I mean, look, there's a bigger picture here. Never before that I, I've come across in my time writing and, and um, you know, being involved in ladies football, have I seen so many girls trialling just to get on inter-county panels. You've seen it firsthand. Lisa Walsh with the under-14s, Joe Carroll with the minors. Like, the concern here is that the gap that has occurred because of COVID, through nobody's fault, but because of the pandemic that that popularity won't wane going into next year, that people will still come back and will still be anxious to put on the red jersey at the age of 14 and 16 and minor. What would you say to somebody that's a player that's wavering, even thinking about it now, that has had such a gap and might be feeling a bit of apathy, which is completely understandable um, because of COVID? Why would you encourage somebody heading into next year to trial for the Cork 14, 16s and minors? Well, look... I suppose the biggest head for us is the girls that come with us. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think a lot of it goes out from the girls that make the squads into their teams when they go back and into their clubs. Um, how they enjoy it, how they're looked after, I suppose, how they really... And I suppose they can see in their own clubs and the girls playing with them. Like We'd like to think that we bring them on another little because when you're playing with the best players around the county with you, you're playing a different style and different brand of football. But you seem to get a confidence from that and you can bring it back to your club. And... I think girls see that. They see how well they're looked after. We try and encourage as many girls from other clubs to come watch games and stuff like that as well, too, which is a help. Do you know what I mean? But um, the COVID situation, I'm more concerned this year, to be honest with you, with we have such a mixture of camogie and football. And when I see all the fail activity yesterday, no football now is next week. But 
I've a serious concern at all. The camogie got finished off this year. And I feel some of the girls might feel that maybe the football wasn't looked after to the degree that the camogie was looked after. Um, I'd have a bigger concern on that front, to be honest with you. And I'm, I'm fearful of possibly losing extremely talented girls at the high level to possibly, because when you get to minor, it's very hard to keep both going. Mm. And and further on from that, you see, the numbers get smaller as you move up through the ages of youth players. Uh, and that's the concern I'd have, really, that we, we'd lose key players possibly in the next two years. Um, but hopefully we don't. Hopefully we can get them together again for next year as quickly as possible and try and get going. Indeed, and that's the word we'll we'll end on, Dennis. I think hope. Um, let's hope that that um that that match, the Munster final, is rearranged and gets played, and that the girls that you, your management team, and themselves that have worked so hard to get to um actually get a chance to contest and win, hopefully, a Munster title. But on behalf of everybody in the big red bench, we wish you well on that, and hopefully we'll we'll be talking again soon, look, looking ahead to that particular game. Effie Fitzgerald oversaw the Cork LGFA National League and All-Ireland Senior Campaigns during 2021. The Cork manager sat down with us here at the Big Red Bench for an extended interview, covering a wide range of topics including his future, hopes for Cork ladies football at senior and underage level, bridging the gap to Dublin and a lot more. Um, as disappointing, Effie Fitzgerald, as the end of the Senior Championship came and the way it came, taking a step back and taking stock of what was achieved over probably the most difficult 12, maybe even 24-month spell in charge. Have you had time to do that um, since the defeat to Meath? Uh, I suppose we have. I mean, what, what happened? Like, we had a game plan and, you know, it worked perfectly. And we had two minutes of, you know, I suppose, madness, for the want of a better word. And, uh, you know, it just went against us. Um, you know, we have seven points up with three minutes to go or whatever you're thinking. You know, we're thinking final, but... That said, if you look at it, if you look at the overall picture, I suppose very disappointing in terms of the results. But I can't, I couldn't have asked for any more of the girls over the two years. I mean, it's been, you know, the year before was winter football, and you know, girls travelling long distances and trying to make training and 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 staying free of COVID was a huge challenge. Um, but that said, I suppose there has been progress in terms of development, player development, and. And that, you know, getting to league finals and getting to the All-Ireland final last year and semi-final this year, it, you'd have to say we're up there. Dublin are obviously on an, another level, I think, in terms of strength and conditioning and, you know, being able to prepare together as a unit. Um, but outside of that, I couldn't have asked for any more of the girls, really. You know, and the, like what happened the last week was probably a little bit freakish, but these things happen in sports, so... Nothing we can do about it. So, um, in terms of of development, you know, I suppose when I came into the job, there was no strength conditioning, there was no nutrition, there was, you know, I suppose the coaching was done. Eamon and and um, and Shane did did all the coaching themselves. I would say, and you know, the girls were naturally very very strong. I suppose the difference between the, the girls we're getting now and the girls back then, if you look at the the size and the strength of you know, Angela Walsh and Deirdre Riley and, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Brina, you know, Breege and that. We're not getting girls of that, of that, um, of that size. So, um, but all in all, as I say, I'm rambling a bit now, but it would be, I would certainly say that there has been improvement, but the improvement for us will, will end when, you know, and if we were to win in All-Ireland. So that's, that's disappointing, but there's certainly been improvements there for, for the girls on and off the pitch, I think. From your own perspective, I mean, people are going to ask this. I mean, you're right to say that Dublin are still the benchmark at the moment, but has the gap been closed any bit? Well, 
it's hard to close the gap when you can't get them together. Like they can train collectively. Um, I would say probably I don't know how often they train, but I'd imagine they're doing four, four, four days a week. Like our strength and conditioning has been stymied by COVID. There's there's no no doubt about that, you know. And as well as that, trying to get girls geographically, our girls are scattered all over the country. So trying to get them together, or trying to ask them to get together for four days a week is 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 virtually impossible. You know, you have girls in Dublin. And you have girls in West Cork, which is nearly as far as Dublin when you're coming to the city. So from that point of view, it's going to be, I, I don't think it's possible to bridge the gap in that sense. Um, now the, if you look at the profile of the Dublin girls, the new girls coming in, like the likes of Jennifer O'Donnell, and they're very, they're big, strong girls, very athletic. Um, and they're working that, obviously, to develop that further then in terms of, of strength and, and stuff. So I don't think in terms of football and that, I think where everybody's good. Um you know, technically very, very good, but in terms of strength and being able to train, I suppose, as professionally as 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 Dublin, that's probably not going to happen, Joe, because it's mm. it's 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 an impossibility because of the geographical side. On the plus side, Evie, you must take heart from the fact not alone have you introduced a lot of new players over the last two years, and just especially in the last in this national league campaign and championship, but you keep a close eye on the underage side of things as well and the progress being made there at under 14, under 16 and minor level. It, it's like the car quarters yesterday, as disappointing as that result in Crow Park was. The, the future is genuinely bright for ladies football in Cork, or is it? Well, it, well, it, it's, it's hard to say. It, in terms of, they'll always be good footballers in Cork and the underage success will, you know, you, you, you can see that. But there's a huge jump. I mean, it's no longer the case where you can go from being a minor Unless you're exceptional, I suppose Eric O'Shea did it. But unless, you, like, coming from minor to senior is going to take you two or three years in terms of development because of the physicality of the game now. You know, and the, the, the demands are, you know, the fitness demands are huge. So you're going to find that it's, it's going to be very difficult for girls to, to develop. I suppose similar to the, to the cock as you say, yesterday. you know, it's all very well winning minor titles and, and, and minors, actually under 17. So they're, they're, they're kids generally. The under twenties maybe maybe a little bit better, but it is going to take time for those for those guys to develop um, to be able to play at senior level. It's a completely different world, you know. So um, underage success doesn't guarantee doesn't guarantee success at senior level. But I suppose what it does do from the point of view of the players, the mentality of the players is, is giving the confidence that they can win national titles and that and that's important. I think for the cock horrors, that's certainly important going forward. You know, those guys have been successful now underage, so they don't have that kind of baggage. Um, going forward, you know, so um, I suppose likewise with our own, with our own girls, there is that. But you know, it's it's difficult to bridge the gap, as I say, from the point of view of 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 the physical side of the game. You know, I see there's cause to change the rules. I wouldn't be changing the rules at all. I think the implementation of the rules, if they're if it's done properly, um, then there's nothing wrong with the game. It's just uh, it's just that there's different interpretations by officials and that that, that, that are infuriating, you know. And I mean, last week now as an example, I didn't make anything of it, but you know, the hooter, like we had a free before the hooter went, and all of a sudden it wasn't given, you know, and no explanation of that and stuff like that. That that really infuriates me. I can understand maybe referees making making errors in terms of of calls on the field, but that type of stuff um, just shouldn't happen. You know, and that, that that leads to a lot of frustration. And, you know, some referees will blow for everything. Other referees won't blow at all. But I think if they were blowing for what they should be blowing for, um, they all know the rules. So if, if, if you're blowing for what you, what, you know, what 
the rule states that you can't tackle a player when she's in possession of the ball in our chests. That's a simple enough rule. Mm. Do you know? Mm. Um, people clashing into one another, those things happen. Those calls have to be made, you know, on an individual basis. But, but all in all, um, I think that's the biggest frustrating thing for me is the lack of consistency, um, you know, in, 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 in officiating. Um, mm. You know, I, I, like you can argue, like I heard Mick Bowen saying, that, you know, that, that the, the amount of strength and conditioning being done now, you know, that the rules will need to change to reflect that. But I, I, I don't think so. I think Dublin can play the game. Can play the game anyway, you know. They're... They're, they're very mobile, they're very athletic, and um, the rest of us are trying to catch them. I mean, I think we're, you know, we're, in my opinion, we're the closest to Dublin. We're the team, you know, you know that that can that can put it up to them on any, on any given day. Um, the final, I think, my my own opinion is that Dublin will win the final quite comfortably. I, I do think that. Um, you know, Mead, Mead system, you know, it, it was difficult to break down in that, but we had that done. Um, and, you know, when you're seven points up, with with that length of time left, you, you need to be closing out the game. So from that point of view, I think um, it'll be five in a row for Dublin mm-hmm. this year. Um, and, you know, we're, what happens after that then, we'll see. Um, and just, just on that, Ify, like, I mean... Throughout the season, you know, you're blooding new players. You were play- you did have a lot of injuries. I know you've never mentioned it in fairness, but you have had a lot of injuries throughout the year as well and key injuries as well to key players. It, is it fair to say that the full 70-minute performance that you probably needed against Mead, all bar that five-minute meltdown, you would have gotten, but did you get enough of those full 70-minute performances that the dubs seemed to churn out time after time? Well, it, it's... Um, you know, it's that's difficult to say. I mean, when you look at the Waterford, were quite defensive, and it's it's hard to break that down. If you look at the Dublin Dublin Mayo game, that was quite an open game for for the most part. Um, Waterford were defensive, and they are difficult to break down. You know, it's it's um, you know we kicked. I think we kicked more wides probably than Waterford had chances. So, and that from that point of view, you're saying, well, you know, could we have played better? I don't think. I think our shooting that day was a bit off. We, we never put the whole the full package together. I suppose in any given day, but I do I do think that the meat performance for us was the best one we've given this year. And light of the way they play, you know, we knew how defensive they'd be. We knew what their setup would be. We we set out to. To, you know, to nullify their, their best players, and until Mace Cahillan got injured, I think we had Emma Duggan. You know, was was you know wasn't that conspicuous in the game? You know, Vicky Wall, we had done a good job on, and um, and then as I said, when things happened in in, in extra time, we lost May to injury, and and that and things. I suppose that the, the the fact that they had come back gave them a massive lift. So. Um, things conspired against us, so I, I, I never, you know, people talk about seventy-minute performance. I don't think, I don't think that's fair in the opposition. George, to be honest about it, I don't think you'll ever get a seventy-minute performance, you know, because teams will always have a, have their time against you. But in terms of effort and commitment and and um, you know and and diligence and that, our girls are second to none. They really are. You know, I couldn't praise them enough, and the fact that we. That we we didn't win the game was a huge disappointment, but certainly we we like we always you know we win together, we lose together, and there's there's no blame in terms of what happened. It's just one of those things, and you know it happens in a professional game. It happens, you know. You know I mean, if you look at Cork, actually the Cork Horrors against Kilkenny, whilst there wasn't seven points, they could have lost that quite easily as well. So things can things can turn and things can change. So I was very happy with the performance against me. 
mm. um, not happy with the result. But certainly what we had worked on, the girls implemented to, to a T, and that was without, as you say, without Kira and without Orla Finn, you know, um, you know, who are two of our mainstays, um, two, two brilliant forwards. So, and, you know, Duran coming back from injury and that. So, um, so from that point of view, I, I have to say I was very, very pleased with the performance. I just, you know, the extra time obviously had taken us, I suppose, emotionally. We were probably gone a little bit of that. But even at that, we could have still, we could have still taken it to, to, to kicks at the finish. So um, I, I don't subscribe to the to the seventy minute performance thing. But I do think that did we play our best football this year? Probably not. But but. Um, but we got to a league final, as I say, we got to an Ireland semi-final and should, should, in my opinion, be in the final, you know, bear, bear a couple of minutes of madness, as I say, and, and that's that's just the way it is. Finally, I'm not going to put you on the spot um, about what you're doing or what's happening in the future. I, I will put it to you this way, though, that the management team that you've built around you, the support group, and that the bunch of players that have come through this past year means there's huge potential with a fully fit squad hitting the ground running from next season. Um, I assume you'll take time to think about all of this and I assume like you always do you yeah. analyse what's best for you and what's best for Cork Ladies Football but am I right in saying that the management team that you put there and the players that you've got when they're all available to you gives you every chance of success next year? Well I think this Cork will always have a chance of success once the, once the structures are in place you know the 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 amount, I suppose, the big change this year for us and we tried to change it incrementally and to be fair to our county board they're absolutely fantastic in terms of of what they can give us, you know. I mean, there are obviously financial constraints, and that's been made made worse, I suppose, by COVID. But like we introduced um, Johnny Holland this year, a nutritionist who has been absolutely brilliant with the girls, and they really bought into that. Um, so, like incrementally, you're trying to improve every year with little things, and you know. So, I think there's lots in place now, but that needs to stay there. You know, so you have the strength conditioning, you have the the nutrition, you have the coaching, you have the the sports psychology, um, you have the fitness, the general fitness levels and skills, and that. So the, all of those things are are in place. But it's very easy to lose it as well, Ger. You know, and mm-hmm. that's I suppose that's the one worry going forward. That 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 needs to be continued. I mean, it is, it is. Um, it is, you know, for all intents and purposes, the game is professional. The one thing, I, I mean, I'm a great advocate of 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 the LGFA amalgamating with the with the GA. I think it's the only way forward. I think the game has outgrown um, the LGFA in the sense of of girls not getting expenses and that. I mean, that's ridiculous. And you know, the debacles every year with pitches and that that has to improve. You know, if the game is going to progress even more, so whether that'll happen or not, I don't know. But I think it would be the final stage, and these games, you know, I think the GA would be it would be an amazing product to have the ladies and Camogie as well, by the way, football and and Camogie, um, as part of the GA. But whether that happens or not, uh, who knows? But I do think, you know, the problem with the LGF is they don't want to blade the grass, really. Hmm. You know, so they're they're beholding to, and to be fair, you know. I suppose in terms of getting pitches and that for for all Ireland semi-finals and you know the, you know we had the problem with Tum and that I mean that's not good enough in this day and age you know and the amount of time and effort that's been that's been put into these things by the girls is you know it, it has to be reflected in 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 proper start. Well, okay we got into Crow Park but it was nearly by default you know in the finish of it that's not good enough but I will say from 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 my point of view and from from being involved in in you know on teams since I was a young fellow that this 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 bunch of cock players are absolutely phenomenal 
in terms of their attitude, their commitment, their respect on and off the pitch. You know, it, it, there's no stone left unturned. And they're, as a group, they are fantastic. And, you know, in lots of ways, they keep me they keep me going. They keep me young. Um, um, but with regards to the future, I just, I, I don't know at the moment, to be honest about it. But, you know, it's my, my concern for them going forward is that they're, you know, one way or the other is that their progress continues to be made and that the, any any improvements that can be made for next year would be made. Um, like I, you know, with regard to the strength and conditioning in Dublin, I wouldn't use that as an excuse. I do think we're competitive against Dublin every time we play, mm-hmm. you know. But it takes, like that Dublin team probably last four All-Irelands before they won one. I think four or five maybe before they won one. Their time came. Obviously, we lost a lot of, a lot of, mature influential players um, and you know Dublin's time came then but I, that won't last for the, the Dublin men you know if you look at what's happened to them and they, nothing lasts forever you know there's, there's always doom and gloom out there you know Dublin will have a constant conveyor belt but it will be very hard when the likes of Lindsay Davy and, and and those girls go it'll be very difficult to replace them. you'll replace them but replace them with that type of experience and quality is difficult so that happens to everybody so going forward the most important thing is that structures remain in place that it remains professional and that the the goodwill of the Cock County Board continues and that the girls stay committed and stay focused and I do think with that it there there's certainly a bright future for Cock football because when you look at when you look around you and look at the other counties are any of them better than us they're not and certainly I thought we were as well prepared this year as we could have been and just the gods you know, we're against us when in the final analysis, and that, that happens, as I say. And but I was so proud of, of of the efforts that the girls have put in, and I can't speak highly enough of them. So that you know, that that's as much as I can say at the moment, really. That's it for another Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast. Remember to subscribe to the Big Red Bench on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can also listen online at redextra.ie. Don't forget to tune in to the Big Red Bench with Rory O'Hagan, Colm O'Sullivan and Valerie Wheeler between 6 and 7pm on the radio every Saturday and Sunday. Follow the Big Red Bench across all our social media channels as well as visiting our official website redfm.ie. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m.